Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. On Wednesday, Brother Matson um, danced all around what I've got to talk about this morning. Um, so I got some good notes from that as well to put in here. So those of you that were here on Wednesday, you'll hear some similarities. And then uh, Brother Brown did a great job this morning in teaching and, and bringing a lot of other things that uh, I think will be supported by this. Because every once in a while, um, as, as ministers, you have to bring up some topics that are not necessarily popular. Um, and they're not always easy. Because as Brother Matson mentioned on Wednesday night, you get to live them. Um, and if you don't get to live them beforehand, you get to live them very shortly after, usually. Um, so I want to talk to you this morning about being offended. It's been said that being offended is a natural consequence of leaving the house. I think that's probably pretty true. So in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and is an high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his, name, his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. The lot causeth contentions to cease and parteth between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle." You may be seated. So I want to talk to you this morning about being offended. I am offended. The simple statement is by far the number one reason people leave anything. It's not just the church. But being offended is why they leave more often than not. Whether it's a church a group that they're associated, a team that they're on, being offended is more often why they leave than any other thing. Based on the scripture we just read, it's easy to understand. That when someone is offended, they'll have a very difficult time dealing with it. You know, that scripture referred to it as a strong city and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. That's pretty tough to penetrate. Because when people are offended, normally what they do is they get defensive. And they put up a defense. And it's very hard for kindness and anything else to get in for, for quite a while. So when I look at the many situations that I've dealt with, some of it goes back to verse 13. So what I want to do for you this morning 
is share with you a little bit of what I've learned about dealing with people that can be offended and how to deal with being offended. And I've had some experience with this, and uh, a lot of times what I see is what we read in verse 13. Is he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. They only get one side of the story, and they're offended. I also want to start by saying that we should be wise and think before we speak. Um, I know that this is a difficult thing, but we need to be very conscientious about what we say, lest we offend someone. There's two parts to this, and you'll see this as I go through my messages. We need to be careful not to offend somebody, but we also need to be able to get over being offended. Being a minister, I will oftentimes have to say something to someone that they don't want to hear. Being in sales, I get to do that a lot too. But I have to do it in such a way to get a point across without offending them. And be able to give them a solution for their problem without offending them is sometimes very difficult. But it's been said this, few people can see genius in someone who has offended them. And this is the way I take that. If you offend someone, it doesn't matter how, how righteous your intentions or how good your uh, ideas are and your solutions, if you've offended them, they have turned you off and they are not listening. So it's very important of how we discuss these things with people, how we relay our message. Because if you relay it the wrong way, you can offend them. Sometimes you have to be blunt with certain people and you have to be very particular about how you handle those situations. Mark chapter nine and verse 41 says this, for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because he belonged to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. We shouldn't offend other people. It's pretty key. Be careful how you speak to someone. That's my caution. That being said, I have to tell you that this has been brewing in me for, for a while now. Um, I've been very upset lately with people and the devil. The devil, that's kind of a regular thing. So that's a given. But I've been really, and I don't know if upset is really the most appropriate word. I think disappointed, I think is probably um, a more appropriate word. Because I see people getting offended. And I see people walking away. And it bothers me. It really does. Um, I've had several conversations with other pastors. And uh, just in talking with them, it's, it's not just that abundant life. It's, it's at, at some other churches. It's at people's jobs. It's, it's just, it's bizarre to me. Because I think that as adults, we should have a better understanding about this. 
You know, as a parent, you will oftentimes, if let's say there, uh, there's a disagreement between two children, first thing you say is, you need to say you're sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too, and then they go play. It's all over with. Until they get older, and they learn how to hold a grudge. And then they get a little older, and they own the grudge. And they want to hold on to it for dear life. It all started, in most cases, with a simple offense. Now, the reason I say simple offense is because there's nothing that someone else should be able to do to you that could make you step away from God. That's, I mean, it's, it's again, my frustration level is, is really high, so you're gonna get some of my, of my venting um, today. It's not, not at you, okay? But there's, there's some things that I, I'm just, I'm really frustrated about, and I think we as a church should start getting a little irritated with. And we should start taking personally that the devil is attacking us. And um, before I get too ahead of my notes, uh, Luke chapter 17 and verse 2, it, it repeats what was, what was stated in the previous verse where it's better for him to have a millstone were hanged about his neck and he was cast in the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. But it says, take heed to yourselves in verse 3. If thy, trust, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. I think that one of the things that makes it difficult for us as people is when someone close to you offends you. If it's a brother or a sister in, in, in God, you, you think they should know better. And we probably should. But there's also realizing, you know, and I, had a, I have a sister that uh, offended me very often as a child. Um, I'm sure many of you have as well. Brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, all that fun stuff. There's plenty of times when I wanted to and maybe in the rare occasion did, you know, assault my sister. Mostly it was punching in the arm. I did stab her one time with a fork. She deserved it. Um, That's established. But we oftentimes, brothers and sisters... Because we spend time together, there's more opportunity to be offended. And if you only see a relative, now at this point as you get older, you only see them at holidays, well, it's, it's probably less likely. But if you're seeing people once, twice, three times a week, there's more of an opportunity to be offended. Does it make it right? No. But let's learn to deal with it. Because, again, being offended is a choice. It's a choice that you make, whether you want to carry that with you. See, the Bible even talks in in John chapter 16 and verse 1, which I don't have in my notes and I wasn't even going to read, but I think it just goes so well here. It says, in in verse 1, it says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. 
They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think he doeth God's service. And it says you still should not be offended. Even though these people are taking, believing that they're being righteous in killing you, you shouldn't be offended. And then it says in the previous scripture we read that no matter how many times they offend you, you and they ask forgiveness, you should forgive them. Now you might say, well, what if they don't ask for forgiveness? Well, do they know that they offended you? I mean, let's be honest. My dad talks about this a lot. The gift of suspicion. I would say 95% of the people in here probably have that gift. Thank you, Jesus. The gift of suspicion. Oh, they, knew, they know they did that. They know what they did. Do you ever have a... I got a couple teenagers at this point. Do you ever have a discussion with a teenager that they know? Oh, they know what they did. They did it on purpose. And you're like... How do you know that? Oh, I know. Of course you do. Uh, no. Sometimes you've got to bite your tongue. Now today, there's a chance that I could offend some people. And I understand that completely coming into this. But my dad has always had this saying too of have the, uh, the back of a duck the height of a rhinoceros, and the heart of a child. And um, it does take a lot to offend me. It really does. Um, I will say say this, and I I don't want to get too heavy. We already got that in Sunday school this morning. (laughs) But, um, you know, it takes a lot to offend me. It really does. Now, again, as Brother Matson prophesied I'll probably get offended a couple times now um, this week but I'll try hard to to get over it but when when you deal with people that can offend you like let me just give you an example again I'm in sales and um, I try really hard to do my very best and even back when I when I started doing um, started out in sales what I would get frustrated with is I felt like I did all this work and then people wouldn't, wouldn't buy from me and I would get offended. I'm like, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't you do this? I put it as clear as day. Of course, you know, that's my mentality. And then um, my, my first reaction would be that, well, they must, they must not be very intelligent. <laughs> Frankly. And then I started realizing, you know, maybe, just like with me, they have a choice. And they didn't see enough value there, so they made the choice that they felt was best for them. And by doing that, they were, do, they were making the right decision. Now, it doesn't mean that I wasn't offended initially. In fact, I have a perfect example. Just this last week, and I wasn't offended, but I'll, I'll show you... I think a little bit of a little bit of maturity. My, I and my dad talk a lot, and um, my dad was my dad really. Um, for those of you that haven't been here for I don't know six months, um, my dad's concerns are always financially related with the church. So we bounce things off one another, and I I was talking with them, and I, you know we, we can be pretty frank with one another. And I told him I said you know 
you really just, you got to trust God on this. You know, you got to trust God to meet your finances and, and the church's finances. This is his church. And, you know, these are the people of God. And God will make a way. And he uses people to make a way. So I was, I was feeling pretty confident, you know, because, um, you know, I, I felt like uh, I was helping him out. Well, it's not to say that I haven't had our own financial difficulties in the past. So I was thinking, ah, you know, I need to take this my own advice sometimes. But taking your own advice is a little tough. And remembering your own advice when it comes to your time is a little tough. So this last week, I had a, I had a really big appointment. And we've been working on it for about a month. And um, I was really excited. But I knew that it was strongly, there was, they, they probably, it would take a miracle for them to go with us. Just because of the time constraints and that sort of thing. So I had, a, I had my prayer team. My prayer team was praying about this meeting and everything. And I was, I was excited. So that morning I got up. And, oh, you know, I'm praying for them. Oh, you know, Sue, Crystal, I'm praying for them. And I, I go to leave for the appointment, and my phone rings. And they said, you know, we, we already made a decision, and uh, there's no need for you to come out today. And I was like, oh, man. Well, you can't sell stupid. That's what I... So I'll tell myself every once in a while. Just kidding. But you get to, the, I, was so, I was so angry because I felt like I had done all this work. You asked me to do this. I set the appointment on the day and the time that you wanted me there. And now you call me and tell me not to come. And this was a big deal for me. It really was. Um, but in accordance with this, I called my dad let him know how the meeting went. And uh, he started giving me back the same advice I gave him. It was a little tougher to take when he was telling me that, you know. Um, but then what happened is, is that I could see after a couple of days how God put other things in order. And he gave me some other sales that I, I didn't anticipate either. But when you have to take your own advice, it can be tough. And having to deal with people that offend you can be really tough. But, and, and sometimes it's, it's that we just, we want to put it in the framework that fits what we want at that time. You know, we want it to fit into this tiny little box and we want God's explanations to fit in our tiny little box. Oh, well, this has got to be why. Let's be honest, folks. We have no clue what he's doing most of the time. But if we trust him with it and understand, you know, God, I, I don't know why they did what they did. I don't know why this happened the way it did. But I'm going to trust you on it. And we get closer to him. You know, the song that we sang, Jesus be the center of my life, if we make him the center it makes it a whole lot easier for us to see what's going on around us. It may not be right away, but it'll, it'll play out. It didn't have anything to do with this, really. It's not in my notes at all, but we'll get back to page four here. Um, 
Some people, when it comes to being offended, are afraid of conflict. And so rather than have a confrontation, they'll choose to avoid it altogether. Now, I've met these people. And what they do is they go, oh, you know, I'm over it. I'm a bigger person than them. And they, they seem to be fine. They're not going to address the issue with the person. They're not going to go talk to them. They're just going to, I'm okay. And then when, they bring it, when you bring it up like a month later, you realize they're not okay. Oh, I, you know, everything that person does just is disgusting. Makes me sick. Look at them smiling over there, shaking that person's hand. They're so fake. They don't even know what they did to me. The reason you're laughing is because either you've done it or you know people that have. We'll go with you know people that have. All right? <laughs> so you, you get these people, that, but it's primarily because they're afraid of confrontation. Or they'd be embarrassed that it, it hurt their feelings to tell somebody that. So it becomes a struggle that they deal with. And Brother Brown talked about it this morning. It, it goes on for longer and longer and longer. And it becomes more of a difficult situation for them to get past because they didn't deal with it up front. And if you just deal with it up front, you'll find that your life is so much nicer. You know, I, I often, I, I, I got to wonder sometimes, what happened to people just working things out? What happened to, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. I need to talk to you about something. You know, hey, let's, let's meet at the altar. Hey, can I pray with you? Oh, by the way, you know, this, this kind of affected me in, negatively. Could you kind of explain what you meant by this? And can we talk through this? Let me tell you one of the problems as I see it. When someone is offended or hurt, what they'll do is they'll run to someone else. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I, when I'm offended or I, I am bothered by something, I will talk to my wife. My wife is my confidant. I know that she'll give me good advice. She doesn't always agree with me. And that's key. Because if you're just going to people that agree with you, you're not going to get good advice. So what happens is that people get hurt, they get irritated, they go run to somebody, most oftentimes somebody that will agree with them. And they start to talk back and forth. Um, and let, let me, if you're the person that they run to, to get advice, unless you can be very objective, I'm going to remind you of the scripture that we read in the verse in the uh, in Proverbs, he that answereth the matter before he heareth it, that's both sides, it's folly and shame unto him. If you hear one side of a story, you're going to be off balance. And it's going to affect you negatively in giving good advice. And people rarely ever get the other side of the story. Just from what, what I've seen. See, what happens now is you have a kindred spirit. And you have somebody that's buddied up with you. And now you both dislike that person. Because they're irritating. And they hurt your friend. So now, you both don't like them. And now the next time that person comes up to, the, to you, well, 
you treat them differently. Because each person you go to, it magnifies the problem and it makes it that much more difficult to heal the situation because now more people are hurt. The perfect example of this is, in my opinion, Twitter, Facebook. Okay, so I understand everything as a place. I understand that. I, I follow a couple of Packer beat writers on Twitter to get updates. Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm termed a Facebook, I think Adrian called me a Facebook creep stalker because I don't respond to people. I just use it to check on my friends, see how they're doing. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. I'm not on there very often. But I, I have seen that a trend. I've seen this trend going forward that um, people try and air things on Facebook and Twitter. And they'll, they'll air these offenses out to a bunch of people. Now, again, this makes it very difficult for that person to then heal the relationship because now you have all these people involved. Now instead of you working it out with that person one-on-one, it's you and everyone that follows you that has this information and is offended because they can't believe that person would have done that to you. Be careful how you handle being offended. My advice to you is this. Go to the person. Address it with them Get it handled right away. It may be uncomfortable, but you know what's more uncomfortable? Going the next 10 years, not knowing how you want to act around that person. And it's stupid. I mean, we're adults, people. I think the kids went to Sunday school. And and I'm I'm sorry, but if, if you feel that you've been offended so much that you can't come to church or you can't be around that person, this is where I might offend you. That's pathetic. And you really need to hit the altar. We spend so much time dealing with people being offended that the devil is accomplishing his goal. His goal is to distract us from what our mission is and what we should be doing. And he is succeeding. Again, I've been offended by people. I figure I have two choices. Either go to them or get over it and truly get over it. And really when you stop and look at things, it's usually stuff that's pretty small. Just get over it, people. I mean, it makes your life miserable. And it makes coming to church difficult. It makes going to events difficult. When bitterness takes root in your life, it digs deep and it digs fast. And you better be careful. It's been said, I will not, I'm, I'll not willingly offend nor be easily offended. What's amiss, I'll strive to mend and endure what can't be mended. 
And I, I guess what bothers me the most about this, folks, is that this is, this is not a Pepsi-Coke debate. This is heaven or hell. Now, you may say, well, you know, I can get over it. Let me tell you, if you feel that you can't get over it, that's where bitterness comes in. And like I said, bitterness digs deep and it digs fast. And it does not want to let go. So I encourage you to understand what you're dealing with. Pastor Kylie has been offended as much or more than any person that I personally know. But he stayed the course. Believe me, there have been times where it would have been much easier to just walk away. But he would have walked away with an offense or being a, have been offended. But there's a race here that needs to be finished. And as long as we're on, there, on this earth, there's a job that needs to be done. We need to start looking at things in the right perspective and stop looking at it through our fleshly eyes and start looking at it through God's eyes. You'll find if you start looking at it through God's eyes, your offenses, not a big deal. Mark chapter 16 and verse 14 says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And then it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Wouldn't you rather be doing that than fighting among one another? The greatest time in a church is when people are coming in and being saved. The pastor's office, the pastor doesn't have to take nearly as much time counseling people because people are so invested in who they're bringing to church and seeing that person saved that those petty little things that bothered you when you weren't outreaching the lost aren't an issue. Somebody, somebody says something cross to you, oh well, I gotta go teach a Bible study tonight. I'm focused on that. Oh, so -so, I got a visitor coming to church tonight. I'm focused on that. I don't really care what you do. I don't care what you say if it's offensive to me. It's not going to bother me because I've, I've got a focus. And my focus is what God wants me to do. Preach the gospel to every creature. And you'll find if you're preaching, you have a lot less time to hear people offend you. If we are unable to move past the offenses of others, we will fail in our mission. And it's time to recognize an offense for what it truly is. It is spiritual warfare. When you're offended, it's spiritual. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity 
every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you are offended, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself that you think you know because you're so knowledgeable and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, you will look at every situation differently. I promise you that. And if you think, you know, Brother Matson brought it up on Wednesday, the devil doesn't fight nice. It's not going to be an easy trip. Okay? If you, think, if you think he is, you're wrong. The devil is the great deceiver. Think about this. Well, in the form of a serpent, he got a man and a woman to give up their life with a lie. That takes some talent. Every time he sees an opportunity to try to get you distracted from what your goal and your purpose is and what God's trying to do in your life, he tries to focus you on something else or someone else. Just a distraction. And that distraction can get bigger and bigger if you don't handle it correctly. The time for all of us is today to take the fight back to the devil. See, today is the day when brothers and sisters should put away their differences. You've been offended by somebody? Don't wait till Thanksgiving when we have communion. Okay? Because frankly, again, I know we're all focused on prayer and all that stuff. I know that I've been guilty of this. There's been, there's been, there was one year that I didn't take communion because I was offended by somebody and I wasn't willing to give it up. So I didn't take communion. I'm assuming, and I know it's dangerous to assume, but there are some people that feel that they can get past the offense for that day. They can go take communion. Nobody will know the difference. And then they'll just take that offense right, pick it right up when they go back out. It doesn't have to be when we have communion. It doesn't have to be once a year. It doesn't have to address the issue today. Because if you don't address it today, you will continue to allow it to grow roots deeper in your life. And it will become a bigger problem and more difficult for you to overcome later on. God has put us here to do a job and to reach out to the world that is moving ever closer to the mouth of hell. And the devil just keeps bringing up distractions. Let's get past that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I would like them to, uh, I'm going to read this out of the NIV. See, it's time to show other people. Rather than infighting or anything like that, to show them there's a God that loves them. that we are the people of God and that we love them too. No matter what their problems, to show them that we're united in Jesus Christ and we truly love one another no matter what, just like he loved us, no matter what our flaws were. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, if I speak in tongues, in the tongues of men or of angels, 
but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Because love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see Jesus face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God showed us love. And he looked past all the things that we did that were offensive to him. And he took the offenses that we had and he washed them away. And he covered them. The Bible says they're thrown into a sea of forgetfulness. It means God doesn't hold it against you. You may. The devil may try to get you to. But God doesn't. Because God takes that offense and he pushes it away when you repent of it. He says, all right, I love you. Now let's try this again. Would you stand with me this morning? I believe that one of the ways we need to fight this battle is with unity. When we're united and understand who we are truly battling against, it's not one another. And we start lifting, lifting one another up and encouraging others, we will see the revival that we've been waiting for. I'm sick of the devil winning any battles. I want to tell, tell you today that victory can be yours today. You don't have to leave this place offended or upset at someone. If they're not here today, you can grab your cell phone, you can talk to them, you can get it resolved, you can meet them for a cup of coffee. But let victory start today. God has provided a way for you to have eternal life and an abundant life through him. If you're, if you're carrying stuff around that makes you upset, 
Make sure your stomach twists in the knots. That's not the abundant life that he wants you to have. Share the love of God with those you know, and you'll find that your life is much more enjoyable. And you'll have a whole lot more friends as well. We'll find that when we are united with God, that we will be less susceptible to offense because you will see things differently. You will see things through the eyes of love. This will allow us to be more united together. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24 says this, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Your brother or sister may offend you, but that does not mean you need to be offended. I want to say, say that one more time. Your brother or sister may offend you, but that does not mean you need to be offended. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all the wisdom that you've given us. We thank you for your presence in this place today, Lord. I pray, Lord, for a spirit of healing today to come into this place, to touch hearts, to touch lives, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.